Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester. We are so happy to have you with us tonight, and we have an exciting time to look forward to in the Word of the Lord, in the Word of the Bible. Many manifest revelations. I ask you people that have not heard these kind of teachings before to be patient, uh, because they are very deep, and <clears throat> it takes some... Um, a deep understanding for them to go into your spirit and uh, make truth in your spirit. Uh, God wants you to see these things, understand these things, and if you will um, endure, as the Bible says to endure, then you will see how true, how awesome, how beautiful these revelations are. At this time, we are into the uh, third um, uh, presentation of the seven seal, the seventh seal of God, the seventh seal in the book of Revelation. So we're going to continue with that. Uh, one of the things that in the manifest teaching uh, has a lot to do with time and the longevity of it. Uh, there are so many people that have been um, uh, groomed into the idea of uh, everything is going to end quickly. Uh, unfortunately, that word used in the um, translation uh, was a mistake in most instances that it was used. Uh, it was talking about suddenly, and it, it uh, stems off <clears throat> a translation that really would have to do with quickening. Uh, the, the quickening that we receive by the Holy Spirit, the quickening that uh, we receive in uh, the things of God and in the um, overcoming for our life, uh, being quickened from uh, being dead in trespasses and sins and brought into overcoming uh, by the Holy Spirit. So it's very, very important to understand all of these things and, and to, to come into that uh, deep word. Um, you know, I might ask you a question. Do you really believe in, e in eternity? Do you really have any concept or any idea of the vastness of timelessness that it is about? How that it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, eternity, 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 eternity. Do you really believe in eternity? Uh, or are you on a short term of life concept? Uh, everything happens to your little uh, break uh, of time that you live, uh, and uh, then uh, you know you hope for good things to reward you at the end of it. Um, I, I, I call upon you to listen to the real truth about eternity, to listen to the real truth about uh, this third edition I'm presenting on the seventh seal. I want to, in this uh, edition of the third presentation, uh, go over some things that we've talked about in the past, um, like in the past a couple of uh, presentations of the seventh seal. Um, we presented the fact that in order to understand this wonderful word in the book of Revelation, you have to have an insight to the codes of this word. And, and uh, we, we know that there is a lost language. And this lost language um, is what the church world, what the Christian world, what the believer world, what the reader world, what the world of 
of the people that God so loved the world about uh, needs to have because it gives you the interpretation uh, of those unknown things that without that code, you just can't possibly know it. And we were showing that these stars that are said to fall to the earth and and uh, uh, these incredible occasions that it was talking about are absolutely not talking about real stars falling to the earth. It's not even talking in the context of, in the, those cases, about asteroids that, that are being called stars. It is talking about, uh, you know, as I showed you, about angels. And we know from the Bible that <clears throat> angels descend and they ascend. And that is an ongoing thing that is happening on a, uh, on a constant basis. Angels descending to earth, angels ascending back to where they came from. Uh, that we must get into our noggins, get into our minds, really come into the understanding of it. So it's an important order to come into and to need and, and to, to really come in the grasp of it. Now, I want <clears throat> to give you uh, one sensational, um, for instance, of this thing about um, uh, about uh, these various kinds of um, of um, uh, revelations, uh, like of the lost uh, language of Akka, uh, what what the importance is of understanding. Like, if you would turn to me to chapter nine. And read along with me if you would like to. And um, we want to read about the sixth angel that sounds. <clears throat> and uh, verse 13, chapter 9, Revelations. And the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are found in the rivers Euphrates. And... Uh, it, it goes on and it, and it tells this story about uh, angels being loosed. There are meanings to all of those things. There are very, very important meanings uh, to, to all of those things. Now, um, uh, let's, um, let's, let's uh, read in uh, another area, uh, chapter 11. And this is uh, from uh, verse 15. Uh, just for the title, the seventh angel sounded. Okay, and we'll go to verse 19. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings, and voices, and thunderings, and an earthquake, and great hail. Now, we want to look at this, and we want to give you a revelation that we hope will stay with you uh, for the rest of the days of your life, uh, because it is so important that you, you begin to understand what these things are about. For instance, for instance, um, in the temple of God, open in heaven, the ark of his testament, the one that was made in the days of Moses and has been lost, is now in 
in this place of heaven, not heaven capital heaven, but heaven, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings, and we explain this to you as as revelations that that were coming forth, uh, revelations in the voices, revelations in the thunderings, revelations in the the um, in the lightning, and re- revelations in the um, uh, earthquake, which we didn't describe it, you know, like being an earthquake, but being being this these this vibration, and then it says and great hail. Now, let's talk about the great hail. Um, this great hail, exactly what is this great hail? that's going to to fall. Um, People have in their mind that it's going to be, um, you know, great um, uh, blocks of ice. Because uh, you get that from the 16th chapter, uh, the 20 through 21st verse. I'll read that in a little bit. And so people uh, interpret that as thinking, oh, well, there's going to be this tremendous hail that is going to to fall, and and it's just going to kill people. Now, do you really believe that out of heaven, uh, and we're not talking sky here, because we're talking where the throne is, and um, uh, or do you really believe that um, that God is going to send these blocks of hail down uh, that weigh about a hundred pounds each, according to the Bible, which I'll show you in a little bit. And um, have the angels will all be sitting back watching and say, oh, look at that one. Oh, that hit that guy right on the head. Oh, look at that. That hit a whole group of people shopping in the streets. Wow. Uh, that's really good aiming. Really good, really good shot there. Really good bomb there. That is not what the book of Revelation is about. The book of Revelation, the Bible says, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation of Jesus Christ is forgive them for they know not what they do. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation of Jesus Christ is about love and forgiveness. About not judging anyone. Someone says, well, I just, I just, uh, I just don't know about that. I, um, I just don't see how that could be. Um, well, okay. Turn with me to chapter 16 and let it, let me read now I want you to pay attention to this don't get distracted This you've never heard anything just like this and you need to really hear this verse 18 of chapter 16 of Revelation and there were voices and thunders and lightnings and there was a great earthquake now I want you to hear this this is the same scenario such as was not since men were upon the earth. Such as was not since men were upon the earth. Now I want, <clears throat> that's the King James, and I want to read that in the um, uh, New uh, International Version uh, because it, 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 it puts it this way. Um, uh, it is done. This And then verse 18. Then came flashes of lightning, rumblings, 
peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So get a hold of this, just in case any of the people that you know has tried to describe this earthquake and try to say, well, this is like what happened in China or this is what's like that happened uh, in, in Asia or this is what's like that happened in the States. Uh, no, that is anti-Bible. This is not like what happened in any of those places because this particular earthquake, it says, is something that cannot be compared. It was not since men were upon the earth. Um, humankind was not on the earth when this particular earthquake that it's talking about uh, um, uh, that is similar to the one that is is coming uh, happened. And uh, sometimes you have a proxy of something in the physical that is of something that is going to be uh, spiritual in the future. And uh, and so we're, we're going to show this to you so that you can... You can see the beauty and the revelation of it and I'm sure by the time I'm done talking with this little example you're just going to be uh, uh, you know uh, in awe of this of this revelation um, because in the verse uh, 20 it says and every island fled away and the mountains were not found now that would be quite some earthquake for all of the the islands to flee away, like a shifting of the uh, of of the whole um, surface of, of of the earth, and for it to shake the world uh, with this incredible uh, event, so that all of the the material in the mountains was just shaken loose and just came down and spread out. Uh, in on the earth, so that there was no longer any mountains. Now, someone could say, "Well, this is um, secluded, or specifically to do with the areas of of Babylon." Um, uh, but you know, if we read in the nineteenth verse, and the great city was divided into three parts, and the city of the nations fell, and Great Babylon came into remembrance before God. So, it doesn't just refer to Babylon alone, but it, it, it is one of the main parts of the subject, that is for sure. And we're going to see a connection here in this connection uh, to uh, Babylon and in this connection to what is happening. Now, let's read verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Now, someone says, well, that's just talking about out of the sky. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, when you follow back and you read about this heaven, it's where the Ark of the Covenant is. And the Ark of the Covenant is not in our sky. And um, every stone about the weight of a talent. Now, the weight of a talent is roughly a 100 pounds. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. And the hail thereof was exceedingly great. And they blasphemed God 
because it hailed. Now, there's something not right here. There's something out of character here. And we want you, we want you to get this. What is this hail that it's talking about? What are these blocks of ice that it is talking about? Well, what it is talking about, and don't, don't run off on me until I get a chance to give you all the scripture, is it is, ta- the hail represents, and the ice represent, suspended revelation, famine of the word. That's what it represents. And we're going to show you uh, what this heavenly stone is, which is represented by these stones of ice. We're going to show you what that is. If you will turn with me to Daniel um, uh, chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. Daniel chapter 2. And I want to read this to you because uh, you're going to suddenly start to see something that you've never, ever seen before. Now, here we go. Daniel, chapter 2, start with 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left in other, uh, to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof. Now, this revelation is to the king of Babylon. And so Babylon is involved in this. And it's talking about this great stone that's going to come down and going to smash everything that belongs to the principalities of darkness that has been set up in the the Babylon kingdom. And wherever of the nations that that Babylon kingdom kingdom is represented this stone cut out of the mountain without hands is going to come and is going to do that now hang and hold let's look along with that at um, at another um, um, chapter look at uh, Daniel 7 Daniel 7 and let me just read something there because uh, this this will fulfill this revelation in a way that uh, um, I've certainly never ever heard it preached or ever read anything like it. Uh, chapter 7, verse 9. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down and an ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, and thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was open, the books were open. And I beheld then, because of the words of the great, uh, because of the voice of the great words 
which the horn spake. I beheld till the beast was slain, his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And the rest of the beast had their dominion taken away. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this place in Revelation are these places I read to you in Daniel. And they are about this stone that's cut out of the mountain with, without hands. And they are talking about God's people who are going to be used as this stone. And with their heavenly revelation are going, are going to be able to bring forth a word that is going to destroy the powers of darkness. And this is the stone cut out of the, of, of the mountain. And, 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 and the islands, all those people with their singularities of concepts, uh, with their ideas that are not of the Spirit but of their own making. And the mountains, those people that have been uh, bold, those people that have been even sensational in their uh, dynamics and insisting of their correct views, uh, are, are going to come down. They're going to come down, and it is the fulfillment in Isaiah of the Bible says, Behold, I make a new instrument, having teeth, and it will grind down the mountains, and it will be, they will become shaft. It's fulfillment of that scripture. It's a fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus talking about the temple that has become formatted by, by mankind. And he said there will not be one stone left upon another. That is what those scriptures in Revelation are talking about. And they're talking about the Babylonian, Babylonian system being brought down and destroyed. Wherever it is represented, whatever nation it is in, whatever institution it is in, whatever religious order it is in, whatever person it is in, it's going to be brought down because the Word of God is going to become so evident and so strong that it's going to do this tremendous, incredible work. And the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that and I paraphrase it, but after this work and this tremendous revelation of time, there will then come on the earth a famine, a famine not of food or water, but a famine for the Word of God. And this famine for the Word of God is represented in this, this hail, this, this great hail, therefore, is described and, and, under, and, and revealed as being these these uh, stones, these large blocks of ice. And what state is that? That is water that cannot flow. That is water trapped in a frozen state, in a suspended animation, so to speak. And, and, and that is what is going to happen uh, to uh, Revelation. It is going to be suspended because it's going to be divided from the sheep and the goats. It's going to be separated from those who have the seal of God in their forehead and those who do not have the seal. And so that is what this tremendous revelation is speaking about, about this stone that is to be cut out of the mountain without hand, uh, because it's not a man thing. It's, it's, it's a, a, a God, Holy Spirit uh, thing. And, and that is so extremely important to understand that the throne ministry, because Jesus said uh, in his revelation to John, uh, I will make you kings and, and, and priests, or in, translated properly, I will make you kings and queens. 
And so in this kings and queens ministry, we have thrones. And the song that I wrote years ago, Come ye kings of the earth, take your kingdom. And that is what is going to happen in that day. Is that happening tomorrow? Is that happening during our lifetime? Uh, are, are we coming into the understanding of eternity? Uh, do we understand that we are living in star time? And many of the scriptures that God gives us refers uh, to a relationship of our being on earth uh, in relationship to, to uh, the, the longevity of the sun which is a star, we, we've got to get this down. We've got to get out of these notions of that, that it's the end of the world. We've got to get in, uh, out of these notions that everything is going to be destroyed and, and that we're going to be wiped out. Uh, that is not what it says. It does not say that in Matthew 24. It says there's going to be rumors of, of wars. There's going to be earthquake. There's going to be famine. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of desolate, uh, destructive things. But it says clearly, but this is not the end. And it says clearly, this is not the end. It says clearly, this is the beginning. Now, I don't understand why for these generations of time since Christ... <clears throat> that people have insisted to change the words of Jesus Christ and insisted to call it the end of the world instead of this is not the end of the world. I don't, un don't understand why people have elected to say this is the end instead of saying this is the beginning, as Jesus said. Jesus said this is not the end when you see all these things. But all over the world, people are preaching and ministering and saying, when you see these things, this is the end. That is not Bible. That is not the Word of God. And people go into the Revelation, and they read about these stars falling to the earth. And they say, oh my God, thank God, these awful things that are coming, we're going to be raptured. We're going to be taken out. Yeah, and these poor suckers that are going to be left, they're going to be demolished. <laughs> thank God we're going to get out of here. And that is not love. That is not the Jesus revelation of revelation. God forgive them for they know not what they do. Going out into the lost regions and trying to save every soul. Trying to bring every person to Christ. Trying to deliver every person from darkness and from the principalities of the forces of evil. Ladies and gentlemen, love has not been preached like it should be preached. Love is all forgiving. Love is the energy of life. It's what makes the blood that flows through our genes. It's what makes the temple of God to be a temple. It's what makes the kingdoms of God to be kingdoms of God. The love of God is indescribable in our human language because there is far too much beast. And the Bible says in the Old Testament, in Ecclesiastes, I pray that God will manifest man, that he himself will see that he is also a beast. That is the word of God. We have to understand we are still beasts. These bodies are beasts. And in Revelation, they are called beasts. Now we find that there were four beasts and 24 elders that are involved in receiving this revelation. Those 24 elders represent the 
12 that is symbolic of the discipleship under the Christ ministry and the other 12 that are discipleships under the Melchizedek ministry. And those four elders, are not elders but beasts, <coughs> represent the four kinds of humankind. And we know that it's talking about uh, uh, it's talking about humans because it says that these four beasts and the 24 elders all got down and were praying to, to God and, and thanking God for having redeemed them. And the people that are redeemed are the ones that are the fallen Ophanims and the sinners who need to be forgiven and these four beasts and these four, which means four types of, of humankind and, and all of these elderships that represent all of humankind are all people that are uh, those that Jesus said must endure to the end and must overcome the world. And we've got to get that down. We've got to understand. So when we begin to understand that this great hail out of heaven is, is this terrible uh, suspension of revelation that one day is going to come. And people are going to want to be able to eat of the good figs. But there's just going to be rotten figs available for those that do not come into the revelation of God as God is giving them the unction. We're not putting a time on that. We're not putting a threat on that. We're not putting a limit on that. No man knows the day or the hour of God. Only God knows it because only God knows the beling, the innermost things that belong into uh, the chest of each individual. Now God wants to seal his people. And I know there have been uh, horrific ideas about the sealings. And all kinds of glorifications have been made. Uh, but I'll tell you one part of the sealings. Because, you know, there are almost like, you know, several books that are, that are involved in the seven seals uh, of this book. Because, and this book is written on the outside and the inside. So it incorporates both the physiological, the outside, and the spiritual, the inside. And these seals are like seven books or seven chapters uh, that, that without having all of them, you cannot open the book because they all are connected to the, the meanings that are, are enfolded within the, the outer revelation and the inner revelation. And you have to have the whole thing in order to understand the whole picture and the whole revelation. And that is absolutely essential. So as we begin to see these truths, understand these truths, we will understand that one aspect that's very important of the sealing and why God says, don't hurt the grasses, don't hurt the trees, don't hurt any of the humans until I seal in the forehead those people that are to be sealed. One of the reasons that they are to be sealed before there would be any kind of harm that could come is because when God seals them, He is blocking out forever the memory of their sins and their transgressions. He is minimizing it into a banishing forever their sins and their transgressions. 
And when you become sealed in the forehead, the foremost mind-brain area of your brain, uh, you are into an eradication of the memory and the acts and the deeds of all those things that you may have ever done. And the word that is out there is, hey, hold off, don't hurt the trees, don't hurt any of uh, the vegetation, don't hurt any anything until the sealing has been done. The Bible says it's a shame. It's a shame to mention those things which were done in the flesh. There's no glory that can be mentioned by getting up in church or in some lodge testimony and getting up and telling about all the horrible things that you did. There's, there's no glory in that. Uh, th that just spreads a virus to other people. God does not want that. He wants to seal that and block it off. And the Bible says that God will make us to become virgins again. That's all in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. God is, will make us virgins again so that we will be able to call those things that are not as so they are. We will be able to transform. We will be able to restore the years that the cankerwood caterpillar have eaten and the locusts have eaten. We'll be able to restore them. And when we restore them, it will bring everything to a spotless point. We will be on the kingdom of God track. We'll be on the first track. And we will be sealed in our foreheads. And once we are sealed, we are spotless. We are cleansed. We are, are, are free. And the fulfillment of that scripture that says, He that is born of God cannot sin, for his seed will remain in him. Could it just as easily be said, he that is sealed in his forehead so that he no longer retains any sins or any memories of such cannot sin for he has been sealed. And the Bible says that God will seal the hand of every man, speaking of those people that are to come into the sealings. Uh, S-E-A-L, sealing of God. So uh, it's a beautiful thing. And what are we doing? We are into the revelation of inversion. There are people out there that really want there to be horrible suffering to come upon the people of the earth while they're raptured away in, in, in the arms of the Lord. And they want these other people to be punished. That is not the love of God. Am I saying that there will not be any punishment? Am I saying there will not be any things of destruction? Hey, you can't live in this universe and live in this on this earth without confronting, at certain times, violence. Because violence is a part of the nature of the universe and a part of the earth. And some of the most beautiful things that have been made, including stars, uh, erupt out of violence and then become beautiful at a distance. But not beautiful if you get too close, because the heat will burn you up and blind you. So everything is uh, of the nature that it, it belongs to a relative perspective. And if you are not into that relative perspective, you are in a perturbation zone, where you can be in danger. And God is wanting to reveal to people the things that they must do. They're not that complicated. They have to do with getting yourself sealed in the brain, sealed in the forehead, sealed in your thoughts, and understanding 
these things. If you've made mistakes, if you've committed trespasses, if you've committed sins, then God says, I'm going to seal you in your forehead. And you're going to not, you know, you're going to be able to do as Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Press toward the mark of the high calling. <clears throat> so it's a beautiful life in Jesus Christ. There's no other uh, person given under heaven whereby in that name there is offered such a beautiful life, such a romance of heavenly uh, revelation and divine uh, things as oracles that we have been given. It is joy unspeakable and full of glories. And I'm excited about it, and you should be too. <clears throat> Excuse me while I get a drink of water here. <clears throat> So, we'll give you some scriptures here pretty soon. But, um, in the meanwhile, i just got to keep uh, talking here because I'm moved on. I, I, I tell you what, I've, I'm, uh, I'm on track one tonight. The, the Spirit is um, glistening on my tongue. And uh, it just uh, wants to speak these things and get out this, uh, this uh, revelation. <clears throat> Praise God. It's exciting. It's exciting. So, God wants to deliver the human race. We have to always understand, if we are to believe the revelation that God has given us, we have to always understand that these people, no matter how bad they have become in their beasthood, that they still are open and angels in a fallen state. And we have to understand that Jesus so knew this, and so cared about this, that in Second Peter, it says, he went down into purgatory, or into Abraham's bosom, or whatever you want to call it. And those people that had sometimes been disobedient in the days of Noah and the flood, he went and he preached to them. What did he do? Go down there and say, well, see there? I told you so. You're getting what you deserve. You need to be punished even more. You need to be punished for eternity. That is not why Jesus went down there into that perturbation uh, <clears throat> of, 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 their, of their mistakes and of their sins. He went down there to give them hope. And to, uh, the Bible says, uh, deliver to them in the Spirit a revelation that they could be able to come back and live in the flesh on earth and finish their their times uh, of having a time and a chance uh, and fulfill the the seven times 70 of which Jesus said when Peter said how many times should I forgive a person that has done something against me seven times and and Jesus said no but I say unto you seven times 70 and Jesus knew exactly the divine meaning of that he knew exactly what that meant he could tie that in to Revelation in the 90th chapter of Psalms and the 105th chapter of Psalms. <clears throat> because those are deep truths. They are living truths. They are powerful truths. They are truths that are going to live on and on and on. And many of these ideologies and many of these teachings and performances that have been going on for years uh, are going to pass away. Every, every temple that has been built with those theological concepts 
and those ideas, no matter how dynamic that they uh, present them, that Jesus said will not be left one stone upon another. Because there is coming a stone cut out of a mountain, not made with hands. And it is going to come down upon upon these people uh, to to first give them an opportunity to to see the thrones and understand the thrones, understand the kingship, understand the queenship, understand the love of God and the healing power of God. And the Bible says, nevertheless, that uh, <clears throat> even when these see things are seen, that men will still blaspheme God. And they will blame God for everything that happens on the earth and, and say, if he was God, why is he allowing us to suffer and not have everything that we want? Why does he allow people to die? Why does he allow people to suffer? If, the, if there's a God and God is love, why would he do this? If that's what God is, I don't want anything to do with them. And there are lots of people saying that. And they are wrong, 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 wrong. Because they don't understand how this whole thing works about being down here on earth as a human. And how that having a free will uh, is something that God has designed to give everybody an opportunity without being influenced to be different than what they would be by their own spirit and by their own intention and by their own will. So it is important for people to come into that understanding. It is important for people to, to uh, have a, an opening of the mind, an opening of their spirit and their souls to be able to see that God wants to deliver them, wants to save them, but he has set them apart, and there are scriptures that say that God refuses to look on sin. He refuses to look on these things. He does not even look on these things that are happening. And, and you know, we, are, we have helps, we have gifts, we have roadways, maps to those roadways, uh, we have the angelic overseeing, but we have to make the decision on our own. God does not want heaven to be filled with robots. People that have no choice, have no will, that have to believe these things and cannot make a choice. Now, if they make the wrong choice, then they are calling in the consequences. And we are not going to celebrate that. And we are not going to be happy about it if their choice is wrong. Uh, we will pray about them and for them as long as we have breath, unless we are told differently. And, and that usually would not be the case. But there are special situations. Now, the weight of these talents of this great hail is about a hundred pounds. And this symbolically represents the hundredfold, because it will not be the thirtyfold uh, people, the thirtyfold seed. It will not be the sixtyfold seed of which Jesus spoke about, that will bring this ministry of the stone cut out of the mountain made without hands, that will be involved in this throne ministry, that will be involved uh, <clears throat> in manifesting people, it will be the hundredfold people that are going to have this revelation. And the hundredfold people are going to be individuals whose minds have been opened. 
and they are going to be able to to have an understanding of these revelations. God is opening to them the seven thunders. Now, we read in here, and we read about these these thunders and these these trumpets and 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 these angels broadcasting. And people say, well, you know, there's there's the seven thunders. The message has already been given. That revelation. <clears throat> is on the outside of the book. But the seven thunders that is to be given, uh, that God told John to seal up, and um, and this is in chapter 10, and it says in verse 4, And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And so we see that that there is a time for the inner seven thunders to be revealed. And they will be revealed, it says in verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he has declared it to his servants, the prophets. God is going to declare the fullness of the seven thunders, both the, the outer revelation uh, to, to the human uh, being and the inner revelation uh, to the soul of, of the spirit. And um, <clears throat> uh, when we, we come into that uh, wonderful understanding, wow, is everything opened up? Does it really uh, change uh, the, the, whole, the whole glory of things? Now, let's talk about uh, let's talk about something else here just uh, briefly. Uh, let's look at uh, this revelation where <clears throat> it talks about, in the book of Revelation, the, the, the trumpets, the different trumpets sounding. Is that a new new thing? Is that a new revelation to, uh, to John? Uh, or is that something that's been going on before? And what is the correlation? What is the connection? Uh, what is the point of reference that would be uh, so important uh, to to understand and, and to read. Um, <clears throat> in Exodus 20:18, um, it says that when they saw and heard the thundering, they removed and stood afar off. I've thought about that. I've thought about how that when I preach these incredible things that I am ministering, when I manifest these absolutely deep, profound uh, thoughts, how that sometimes, instead of doing what I hope it would do, just make people hungry, make people uh, to be drawn to the Word and say, oh, I want more of that. I need more of that. Oh, I am, I am so lifted. I am so helped. I am I am changing with that word. It is baptizing me in the love. It's baptizing me in, in the presence. But instead, there are a people, just like in the days of Exodus, twenty eighteen. There are a people that are uh, that they remove themselves and stand afar off, and they say to Moses, "Look, we can't take this. This 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 is too far out. This is too extreme." Uh, we we can't take this. It's just too much. We uh, we need something different. Um, we 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 just can't stand uh, what's going on. 
And did you know that at this time, uh, the the in Exodus twenty eighteen and also in Exodus nineteen thirteen through sixteen, it talks about the thick cloud and the voice of the trumpet, and the people were at the bottom of the mountain uh, when they th- these trumpets sound. So the trumpet thing is not uh, uh, new in Revelations to John. The trumpet thing has all been part of the meaning of this revelation, and of course the trumpet is symbolic. And I don't have time to get into every single symbol that there is. Uh, the, the Actually, the trumpet revelation is quite an elongated revelation. But I just wanted to show you that that trumpet revelation happened way back in, in, in the time of Moses on Mount Sinai. And when, when Moses is up on Mount Sinai, and this cloud, uh, which is one of the names, uh, believe it or not, uh, for what people today call UFOs, or the manifest revelation in Ziths, these, these chariots of God. And, and the Bible tells us that, uh, you know, these chariots of God uh, in, in um, Psalms uh, 68, um, <clears throat> uh, 68, 17, and the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels, and the Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy places. And thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, and received gifts of men. Uh, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Now there's lots of other revelation in that. But the fact of it is, this revelation of the trumpet goes all the way back to the revelation that happened on Mount Sinai. And it ties in to that scripture I just read you. When these angels came down in Zis and hovered like clouds over Mount Sinai. And the trumpets, that very divine spiritual oracling that was happening, was beginning to sound. And the lightning and the voices, this pour of revelation in Manaphotis, and all of the things that were happening, was so incredible that these people who were at the bottom of the mountain just could not receive it. And I will tell you that if you can't receive this revelation I'm preaching today, it's very good possibility. It's because you are at the bottom of the mountain. And at the bottom of the mountain, you do not have a really good view. You don't really know what's going on on the other side of the mountain. And God is speaking to his people that that being at the bottom of the mountain all your life, where you're just walking on a common level, and you're not on the top track, is not the ultimate call of God. God sent his men of God up to the mountain. Even Jesus, when he was in transfiguration, went up to the mountain. God is calling his people up to the mountain. There's a revelation there. You've got to get beyond the fleshly common ground level where the herd masses live, who the Bible says need to be manifested that in that level they are just beast. God wants to take you out of the beast. He wants to bring you into the highest possibility. And those beasts that he talked about, the four beasts, they had six wings, which are the representation of the seraphim angels. And that's what can happen to your beast when he gets up on the mountain. These, there be, 
God begins to, through the ministry of the seraphim, give you these six wings so that you can come into a place with God that you never could reach before. And the angels will minister you to you and lift you up so that you don't dash your feet against the stones. What stones? Well, I've been describing them to you. These hailstones. The word of God that has been suspended and frozen up. That people can't drink because it's frozen. The water of life that belongs to the river of life. And the river of love is frozen in blocks. And what is being portrayed to be used for here is destructive. But what the truth of the matter is, is God will open this stone that's cut out of the mountain without hands. And when he opens this suspended revelation, and he opens these things that have been hidden since the foundations of the world, the world is going to get a changing the world is going to see some things that it's never seen before. It's going to shake the foundations of hell. It's going to shake the powers and the principalities of darkness. It's going to loosen people from the chain, chains and the shackles. From being bound with sicknesses and financial problems. From being bound with depression. To being bound with, with anger and with hate. God has a message for this hour. And he's saying, look, don't back away to a faraway place. Don't try to put this on some other channel and say, I, I can't handle this. Moses, uh, you just go ahead and receive this word and uh, interpret to us in ABC fashion. Just tell us in simple things. I, I, just, I, just, I, can't, I can't handle this. I can't stand this. You can stand it. The power of the Holy Ghost will come over you. The power of the Holy Ghost will make you pregnant with this word. And you will begin to have this embryo of the Spirit grow in you. And when you become a spiritual man, you will put away foolish things that have kept you from being empowered in this truth. It's time to get out of those track lands of the common masses, of the common herd, and go up to the mountain where the trumpet is blowing, and the thunder is pealing, and the lightning is flashing, and the things of God are being revealed. Like God is revealing the plan of the great hail. And he's going to allow you to have control of that so that you can open those suspended conditions and so that people can be brought into the mysteries of God and the parables of God that they have not been heretofore able to understand. That is what the thunders are about. That is what the revelation of this book with the, with the seals. Oh, there is so much. There is so much to understand. There is so much to receive. There, there is so much to come into that God wants us to have.
Blessed be the name of God. Okay, I've got more to 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 go. <clears throat> now, from the beginning, we know in Revelations five one, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And as I said, the seven seals are like seven books or seven chapters. And God is wanting to open those those books. And these two seals then uh, that are incorporated within the seven that bind both the outer revelation and the inner revelation are when we come into the Spirit made one so that we ha- we bring in both uh, the oracle uh, to the outer person and also to the inner person. And the Bible says there is a unique fingerprint. Um, Corinthians, the 15th chapter, says that every man has his own order. And there is a difference in that order of one person from another. And the seal in every person is set after the order of God to be formulated for each person's individual order, individual uh, fingerprint. Now, <clears throat> in Psalms 19.6, and we'll sort of combine it with, Revela- uh, with Psalms 29.3, uh, or 2930, the voice of mighty thunder relates to the voice of many waters. The voice of many waters relates to a great multitude of people. And let's read it backwards. A great multitude of people relates to the voice of many waters. The voice of many waters relates to the voice of the thunders. And so, we begin to come into understanding that when it's talking about the many waters, it's talking about the multitudes of people. Just like in the 17th chapter and 15th verse of Revelations, the great whore, the great prostitute, whatever you want to call her, that set upon the waters was interpreted by the angel in the 15th verse to be nations, kingdoms, people, tongues, etc., and so, when we look at something that says water in the Bible, we have to understand the code. The code of Akka, the lost language of, of, of Yaviel. We have to understand that there is a code, and if we don't have the meaning, if we don't know how to, to interpret and translate the meaning, then we read these things and apply them without there being a true definition of what God is really saying. And someone will say, well, why? Why would God do it like that? Well, why would God keep these things as a mystery from before the foundations of the world? Because everything has to do with a time. There's a time for everything under the sun... This is star time. A time for everything under the sun. A time to plant. A time to pick up. Uh, there's a time that people are in a receiving 
time of their life. There's a time they're not in a receiving time. And so uh, Jesus said, I speak in parables because uh, it would not be a good idea for people to be converted at this time in their life because then they would just lose their conversion and there would be a worse case scenario than if they were not even exposed to it before they are ready. And so I speak in parables so just those that are meant to get this understanding will get it. Those that are not meant at this time to get the understanding will not get it. And so we're not blaming anybody or not holding anything against anybody that is not ready to receive this word. And so if you are listening to these things and you just can't receive it, we're not holding that against you. But we're talking to the people today that are hungry to go up the mountain. And we're telling you, yes, this is the time. You have a revelator here. And I believe, you know, I'm not trying to make any special claims, but I believe that God has put on me the spirit of John, the revelator, to come, as he said that was going to happen, to come and to bring this revelation to people so that they can understand the Word of God. And it is changed from parable form, from mystery form, to an understandable form that they can reckon with. And we know that thunder is a secret thing because in Psalms 81.7 it speaks about the secret place of thunder. We know that there are meridian mind centers that have to be opened into manifest fashions. We know that these secret places of thunder have existed uh, before the foundations of the world. Now, the Bible tells us that there is thunder available to us. Job 37.5 said, God thunders a marvelous, marvelously with his voice. And in Psalms 19, it says that his voice is like a line that has gone out throughout all of the universe. And there is no place in the universe that that voice has not been heard. Now, Job 9, 7-9 speaks about God sealing up the stars. And it speaks about making Arturus and Orion and the Pleiades. And there is such a revelation to that. Such an incredible revelation to that. And once we begin to understand this revelation, that Arturus was the physical creation place from where the Ophanims came. And once we understand that, then we can come into the revelation. So it's important for people to see and know that revelation uh, because without knowing that revelation, uh, they're just into uh, an imaginative uh, spiritual world, a pretend spiritual world. So uh, I'm trying to make this point and really get it across that God wants to open the secret place of thunder, that God wants to, to show us where those meridian uh, mind centers are uh, and he, he wants to, to bring us uh, into a place that is, is a revelation uh, God sealeth up the stars makes Arturus the place of the Ophanim he makes Orion 
the place of the seraphim. He makes the Pleiades, the place of the cherubims, where all these groups were sent in those particular places in the universe as a base from which they were to go out and create. And, and uh, we have to understand that those revelations are all part of the seven thunders, the, the, the seven thunders that are part of the mysteries of the thunders, part of the mysteries of God. And God says that, that he is going to open that revelation that he told John on the island, the Patmos, seal up, don't write. But he says, you know, you're going to come back. You're going to, you're going to be back. You're going to bring this message. And kings and, 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 and priests and, and people that are well known uh, are going to read and hear this message. And so this message has to be preached. It has to be, uh, it has to be brought out. The revelation of sealed books go all the way back to Isaiah uh, two one, and uh, th- this this is is a thing that has been going on, uh, you know, for a long time. It's just that people don't bother when they look at numbers to read the superscripts and the subscripts. Uh, they they get confined into limited ideas limited notions, and therefore they miss out on the greatest opportunities that God has made, uh, made for us to know. God wants his people to stand against nature, not at every moment of your life, because there are some times that you need to live your nature, but on those times when you need to open the door into the the heavens and get on track one. Yes, someday the age of Ion will come. And all these things, when the kingdoms of God are set down and the wheel ministry of of the Ancient of Days uh, begins to send out syntonic fire, it's going to be a, a, a time of time, and this, this, this will happen. The the age of Iron, which is which is the age of reverence, will begin after the seventy thousand generations of Abraham's bosom that we've been talking to you about and teaching you in some of our blogs uh, on uh, the uh, manifest um, uh, revelation that that we give on our uh, site that uh, you are listening from right now. And you can go to the blogs and read a lot of these things. Now, we want to, uh, we want to talk about, um, you know, some, some other important things, um, you know, that, that God uh, would have us to get into. Um, and and uh, I, I don't like to, to ever go backwards, but I think that right now, I need to recapitulate um, uh, something here. Uh, when we were first uh, teaching uh, uh, here the other day, and um, I sort of skipped over it. Um, you know, the uh, the Bible talks about the seven spirits of God, and uh, these seven spirits of God. Uh, how important! That, that 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 revelation is and uh, 
we want to we want to talk about the seven spirits of God. We want to talk about uh, you know what that revelation is because it is an incredible revelation, and to to know that story of the seven spirits of God is to to know uh, something about uh, the universes. Now, I can't give you all the detail and go into all the scriptures, but uh, I'm probably going to have to have uh, a seventh seal number four. But let me just tell you this, and for you to wonder about and to think about. Uh, there have been seven universes of God. And the first universe was called the Troniverse. And from the Troniverse came uh, the revelation of the Ophanim angels. And uh, each universe of those seven had overcomers. And those overcomers are represented in one spirit of thought. And each universe has a slightly different characterized um, spirit of thought. So these are called the seven spirits of God. And Jesus Christ is part of those seven spirits of God. And these are the seven lamps, the seven um, candles, the seven stars, the seven stars. Uh, we give an uh, understanding of that. If you've uh, purchased the seven thunders before Genesis book, that I've written and, and is available on our um, uh, uh, setting that we have set up for it uh, on our website, then you, would, you should be able to know a lot of this. But those seven uh, universes uh, have produced seven spirits of God, which is a plural spirit. Each plural spirit representing all of its overcomers that are a plural spirit of a thought which is a particular essence uh, of identification that belongs to each individual universe. Now, as we go forward into this, uh, someone will say, well, you mean there's been other universes that existed before this? Absolutely. And before the universes, there were Alpha and Omega ages. And after uh, a certain number of universes, which there is to be, 144,000 universes. And after that 144,000 universes, which um, is very interestingly tied into the sealing uh, each of the tribes of, of Israel, because they symbolically represent, uh, you know, the the sand of the seas, uh, the, 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 the stars of the heaven uh, without number. And they symbolically... Uh, in each one of those um, uh, tribes being sealed, uh, each tribe uh, there was sealed 12,000 uh, uh, persons. And there were 12 tribes. So 12,000 times 12,000 is 144,000. So this is the makeup, and, and it represents also in the description of the of the city, and especially of, this, of the description of the wall, which if you read carefully in Revelation, you'll discover that the wall is built on top of the 12 foundations. And these are all described with, 
with uh, you know with stones and diamonds and sapphires and and colors that belong to those minerals, and there is spiritual uh, oracle spiritual meaning of all of that. So here we have then the revelation of the uh, of the and the prophecy of the hundred and forty four thousand universes that there is going to be. Now I asked you earlier in the beginning of this teaching, are you into eternity, or are you more or less just limited to some little design of, of time uh, that is just about your life and then a happy uh, for everything after that. Uh, remember, even the word forever simply means uh, to the vanishing point. Uh, it, it is only as long as to what the vanishing point is. And once beyond the vanishing point, uh, that is as far as that it goes. And so eternity having no end, just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, and it's beyond the vanishing point. It finally reaches a place. But, you know, some people live in that vanishing point. And that, that's where they think, and that's where they walk, and they have their being. They're not thinking and walking in God. And the thing of it is, is that in that vanishing point that they live, that's why they are so so sad so much of the time. Because things that they really hope for vanish. Things that they really plan on vanish. Things that they really dream about vanish. Things that they really wish for vanish. And they are constantly having some, uh, seeing people that they love uh, become sick or become old or get in an accident and die. And they vanish. And they live in this vanishing world. Jesus is trying to take us into this eternity where in the eternity uh, consequences of things, we neither marry nor are given in marriage. But our love is equal to every uh, entity. And, and it is it's a great leap. It's a great leap out of, out of the darkness. A great leap out of the dark holes of, of theology and the dark holes of ideology. It's a great leap into a viewing of a white light that is shining so brightly that if you just look upon it for an instant, it will cause your countenance to shine. So, it's an exciting time. And it's going to go on and on and on. And you must not limit the creations of God. You must not think that until God created this universe with our planet Earth, that he was setting forever of eternity, just waiting for this time to come along, and there never was any other creations. These angels of the different kinds, cherubims, seraphims, ophanims, and there are many others, are all from different uh, universes that were created. And they overcame, and they became angels. And, and there is much in the Bible to verify that. Much in the Bible uh, to give scripture about it. But we can't do it in the short amount of time that we have on these broadcasts or in a blog. But I'll tell you what, when the Peace Bible gets printed and out and published, wow, will your world ever open up? Will you ever be uh, gifted with a, with a book that uh, has uh, much information from seals that have been opened? So listen to this word. And and, and uh, uh, let the, let this word um, baptize you uh, in the in the truth and and set you free. Excuse me.
So we're going to um, to encourage you in these this belief because this is a gigantic belief, and this gigantic belief says that our progeny is going to in the future be going to the stars and they are going to plant the heavens as it says in the book of Isaiah and as it says in Job God is going to show us how to make some really spiritual things happen. Those morning stars that it speaks about in Job 38 are going to be reborn. And they are going to be involved uh, in the incredible revelation of this whole heretofore mystery. And we know that the scripture tells us in the 21st verse of the 38th chapter of Job that we know these things because we were born then before the foundations of the earth. And in the 38th chapter of Job and beginning with the 30th verse, the waters are hid as with a stone. Now, what was I telling you about these stones that are called hail, that are the weight of a, of a talent, which is 100 pounds, representing the hundredfold ministry? What did I tell you about this stone revelation, representing the waters, and the waters representing the voice of the many living waters, representing God and the ministry through God's people. And here's the challenge to God's people. Verse 31. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Mezareth in his season? Canst thou guide Arturus with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinance of the heavens? Does anyone care about the ordinance of the heavens? Someone says, oh, that's just talking about technical scientific data. No, it's not. It's talking about the sons of the morning. It's talking about these three places of the three groups of angels that came to this galaxy. Some to be creators. Some to be angels that were watchers and... and uh, and some to be angels that were to, ju to judge and make reconciliations. Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Verse 33. Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? And that's the question. That is the challenge. That is the oracle. Can you take this revelation, this incredible mystery, that's a mystery before the foundations of the earth, and can you set that dominion and that revelation in the earth? 
And I want to answer that tonight. And I want to say, yes, you can. And when that stone ministry that is cut out without hands, that is going to be like a new instrument grinding down the mountains, is put in our hands to go forth to minister the manifest word to the destinatas. Mountains are just absolutely, that have been mountains of opposition, mountains of denial, mountains of false conclusions and delusion are going to just absolutely fall down in the shaking of that, of that earthquake of their humanness. And that quickening spirit, as it billows out the syntonic fire, that to us who receive it are enhanced because we have a spirit that balances it. But to those who do not have that spirit that balances it, uh, it is a deep darkness. So God is going to divide the sheep from the goats and the tares from the wheat. And God is going to open up doors in heavens. And we are going to hear the thunder. And we're going to see the lightning. And we're going to understand these stones of the hundredfold ministry of this great hail of the waters. These waters that have been locked into suspension. And we're going to bring them down to earth. And for the just, they will be just still. And for the unjust, they will be unjust still. Because God is going to make this suspended state to be a poor for those who are hungry and want to receive it. But to be a darkness by which they will only want to blaspheme God more. And that's predicted by even Jesus, of course. So verse 36 in Job chapter 38 says, Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? The revelation in my latest blog about the solar plexus. Who hath given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds in wisdom? Or who can stay the bottles of heaven? Wow, that is a call. That is a challenge. That is a beautiful moment. And so, I come to the end of this part of the message, and I close number three, part three of the seventh seal, and we will have a part four in which I will try to sort of bring a conclusion and give some more scriptures covering some of the things I even said tonight. It is an exciting time. I want to now take a few uh, minutes to do Gentile. <clears throat> I, I, I want to deal with cancer. I've had two revelations on cancer. And one of the latest that I just did the other day for a gentleman in California 
was to um, send a message into his body in Jintao and to give an unction to his body to begin making um, stem cells from out of a, a choice of, um, of cells. From out of a choice of cells that uh, would have to do with um, uh, people who have lost um, red blood cells and white blood cells. So, if you know anyone that has cancers, you can tell them about this broadcast. And they can come back because all these broadcasts are being recorded. And this could be a ministry for you. You can let people know about these broadcasts. You can minister to them. They can listen to these broadcasts. They can be told about the, the blogs. And uh, it could be a ministry for you. <clears throat> there are a good number of people. Uh, we're, we're, we're actually averaging hundreds of people now a day coming on our blogs. And uh, we are experiencing a lot of interest. So I want to first tell you, though, that I am not a doctor and that I am not one of those persons who is against using doctors <coughs> or against uh, medical or against even pharmaceutical uh, or nurses or medical facilities, hospitals. I'm not against any of those. Uh, God knows that if we wouldn't have had those helps, an awful lot of people would have suffered and died. Uh, what we are saying, though, is that even as science and medical science is moving forward constantly with new discoveries, that there is coming greater and greater revelation on these areas that much that has to do with healing has to happen through the body's capability to use its sources. And this is becoming a, a very out front revelation of the most modern uh, discoveries of, of medical science. And uh, they are on the verge of some incredible things. Uh, they have discovered now that they do not need to use a baby's fetus anymore in order to create stem cells that they can take almost any uh, part of the human body and they can create um, these uh, stem cells that can then be made into almost any part of the body. You can make new blood cells. Uh, you can make new heart cells, new kidney cells, new liver cells. <coughs> And it's, um, it's happening. And they're saying that within a very short time that a 75-year-old person will be 40 years old as far as the condition and age of their body via these uh, new uh, techniques of stem, stem cell uh, that are, are on the verge of happening. Well, you know, we're ahead of them. I had a friend of mine that I enjoy him very much tell me about this other new thing that has spread all over uh, China 
and, and other Asian nations. <clears throat> I mentioned it last week about the wand, the wand that they used to, um, uh, to send this ray into like liquids of things that you drink and it, it, uh, eradicates any uh, excessive toxins and any, um, improper balance and uh, changes the taste. And you can also do this to a body and to places in the body you have pain. Uh, I, I can't say that's true or not true uh, because I've never uh, personally experienced it or I've never even seen this wand that they have. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to knock it uh, because, honestly, I don't know. But, you know, um, the wand sort of reminds you of the of the the stick, you know, of the rod that you uh, you divine with. Now, <clears throat> the, the divining rod is a thing that was used in, I think it was the 21st chapter of, Rev of uh, Numbers, where they went out looking for water, and they used this divining rod to find where to dig and to get water. And, and so it, it is a divining thing. But then later came people that changed it into witching, and they called it witching, which you know, it's not the proper name for a divine thing, and, and it, it is coming from, uh, you know, a different sort of psychic type of force. Um, but, you know, as far as this wand that I'm speaking about, uh, I use electromagnetic energy, and I can, I can intensify it to the extent that it becomes like a laser. And I have used it to go into the body and to, to, to break up um, uh, stones that, that are, uh, you know, uh, in various uh, parts of the body. And, uh, and uh, you know, people that have gallstones, people that have uh, uh, kidney stones, people that have prostate stones, uh, I could go in and break up those stones, smash them with this, with this uh, a laser of electromagnetic energy through the Gentile method. And I've had success of that uh, in quite a few instances. Um, I'm still learning. But I'm telling you that the power of God does is using this Gentile, which means generative touch. T-O-U-C-H. That's your, that's your Gentile, T-O-U, <coughs> from the word touch. And, and gen from the word generative. So generative touch, gen tau. And um, this generative touch of, of the Word of God, which says that every human was made beautifully, uh, is, a, is a wonderful thing. Because uh, if we get ourselves all clothed with the, with the Word of God, and you know we're taking care of our spiritual needs, but we don't give a hang about those that are suffering in the flesh, and that those that are sick and, and need deliverance, then... Uh, you're going to end up, uh, if you ever make it there, to the wedding of the Supper of the Lamb without a wedding garment on. And then you'll eventually not be able to stay. So uh, understand, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be concerned about people that are sick. We've got to love the needs of the world. And we've got to love them and want to help them. And that is exactly what is in my heart uh, because I have great compassion for people that are suffering. So tonight, uh, what I want to do is I want to minister to people that have uh, any kind of cancer, and I want to minister this 
so that they will listen to this and listen to it over and over so that this message will go into their body and will begin to create these stem cells and the stem cell cells will then be made that will replace red blood cells and 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 uh, white blood cells that has been destroyed by the cancer so uh here we go hypothalamus to the pituitary pituitary to the hypothalamus to the thyroid uh to the uh, medulla to the um the, the pons uh, into all the hemispheres uh, reaching them by going through the corpus callosum, uh, begin to send uh, these messages uh, as neurotransmissions uh, via the um, the hormones and and using the transmitters uh, wherever there are uh, receptors that are not in the right color, that are not in the right form, uh, because they have been defected due to toxins or or various kinds of of uh, other problems that are common to the human being uh, begin to uh, deal with those uh, situations uh, by sending messages to the uh, the hypothalamus uh, and to the pituitary and then rebound it to the thyroid rebound it uh, to to uh, the uh, the uh, sympathetic uh, messenger uh, loop uh, and and take this into uh, the solar plexus, uh, deal with it through the gray matter that is in the uh, lower part of the spine uh, to bring that message up through the body and into the various areas of the brain and begin to uh, home in uh, on information that can be available from the liver uh, and available from other organs in the body and also available from the coordinate organs that are involved in making um, chemical uh, um, equivalents. Uh, begin this uh, operative uh, move uh, to uh, make stem cells, choosing which are the best uh, cells in the proper best uh, available uh, locations, and begin to make them in uh, to uh, uh, an, a, a, a place or into uh, red and white blood cells according to the need that is in the body from uh, those cells having been eradicated via cancer. I uh, begin to replace them, make this process uh, to be evident, make this process uh, to uh, occur, uh, and, and the process of, of overcoming any toxins in the body, the process of overcoming any uh, deformed receptors, uh, the process of overcoming uh, any messenger blocks, messenger barriers, uh, if there are any inhibitors, any blocks, any message barriers, uh, they are canceled and we therefore eradicate them this instant uh, by this message. Um, begin to heal these bodies, uh, begin to release whatever amount of adrenaline is needed, uh, whatever uh, kind of... Um, of um, of processes that are available in the body to relieve pain. Uh, there are many. I begin to relieve those uh, to give the person uh, a lift so that psychologically uh, his process toward healing uh, is helped. If there's any inhibitors or blockers, if there's any messages anti to this, they are now canceled. Let this process begin. Okay. So there we are, ladies and gentlemen. And... Um, uh, there's a beautiful song. Uh, it is no secret what God can do. And maybe you'd like to think about that because it is a beautiful song. 
There is no night. And let's put that in the key of C. I think it's C. Well, there is no night. For in His might, you'll never, never walk alone. Ah, you'll always feel at home. Wherever you may roam. Listen, there is no power can conquer you while God is on your side. Just take Him at His promise. Don't run away and hide. It is no secret of what God can do. Well, what He's done for others, He'll surely do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret, no secret, what God can do. Oh God, just heal these people. Just heal them, touch them. You love them so much. You love them so much. You love them so much. Heal them. Heal them. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, the chimes of time ring out the new. Another, another day is through. Some people are slipping and falling. I hope that wasn't you. Because you may have longed for any strength, your courage to renew. Just take him at his promise. Don't, don't give up. We love you so much. We love you. God bless.